Welcome to the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast, where we explore the embodied practice of herbalism with the womb at the center for folks who are new to herbs or herbalists in the making. This is a place to become empowered to include herbs and natural therapies in your personal health and, most importantly, to reconnect to the deep wisdom and healing capacity of your own body and the earth. I'm your host, clinical herbalist and integrative health educator, Kailea Honeybee. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back. If you are returning and welcome if you're new. Gosh, it actually feels really good to be here with you today. It's been a minute since I've done an herbal spotlight, so I'm actually excited to share about a plant just to connect in with the energy and the spirit and the traditional uses and the science and relationship with one particular plant. Today's plant will be motherwort, and so honestly, I feel like motherwort is, I mean, I say this all the time, is definitely one of my favorite plants, one of my favorite herbs to be with in my body, actually, and there's so many reasons for that, but I also think of motherwort as probably one of the most important herbs for us to know about if we have a womb inside our body, because motherwort is supportive for us no matter what part of our life cycle we're in. I mean, even potentially for children, but I would say starting around the time of menarche and then especially into those early hormonal years where the body is getting used to all the shifting and changing that's occurring and then into, you know, fertile cycling years and as things get start to get normalized and We'll talk a lot about this. Then into childbearing years, postpartum, really supportive and really important postpartum, into the perimenopausal years and even postmenopausally. And I'll talk a lot about why I feel like motherwort is one of our best allies from for each of these phases of our lives. Not during pregnancy, so I'll just put that out there right now. I don't consider motherwort to be safe during pregnancy. There are some people who do work with motherwort at a very light dosing in pregnancy, but I would not do that personally, and I definitely err on the side of caution around working with herbs in pregnancy. You've probably heard that before. So, yes, today is all about motherwort, and I just feel grateful. I feel grateful. I feel grateful that I get to sit here and talk about plants that I love with you. I mean... Talking about plants is one of my favorite things to do, and you're here for it. (laughs) Like, you're actually here and interested in listening and learning about these amazing allies that we have that live around us all over the planet. I mean, these plants, a lot of these plants that we talk about that I focus on are from temperate regions, although some are more tropical plants, but a lot of the plants that I talk about and work with personally or ones that live in my own bioregion, because I really like to have relationship with plants or some that I can grow in my own bioregion, because I really like to have relationship with plants that I can sit with, that I can hang out with, that are wild, that are abundant. You know, I feel like those are the plants that we should be using more often, that we should be growing our relationships with, because I don't know, we're in a time of the unknown, and I'm not like all doom and gloom about it, but resilience is a real thing and understanding what medicine and what foods live already wild around us and being able to cultivate more of those, being able to actually understand intricately, intimately how these plants can play a role in our lives is that's power. It's power. 
And that's really what I'm here for. I mean, that's really like my mission is for us to feel a deep sense of relationship with our own bodies and understanding the messages that our bodies are telling us, whether that's hormonally, whether that is through aching and pain, whether that is through mental challenges, digestive challenges, whatever is going on with us, starting to understand what these signs are telling us and and at the same time also be cultivating relationship with the earth that's around us and connection to the seasons, connection to the rhythms of life and the plants and the plants and the trees and all the beings really that are living around us that we are truly in community with. I mean, it's, I know this is more of a historical and indigenous perspective, but it's my perspective too. It's how I feel and see the world. I truly believe that we are in relationship with our landscapes and with our ecologies and that when we are i mean one of the roots according to ayurveda which is traditional indian medicine one of the roots of all illness is separation now for them it's more like separation from the divine separation from god what i feel but to me that is nature that is earth so in my mind, one of the roots of our dis-ease in our bodies and in our cultures, in our societies, is our disconnection from the natural world, our disconnection from the community of beings, including the plants, the trees, the animals, the sunlight, the wind. I mean, all of this <laughs> that we live around, the soil, the oceans, the waters that we live around. And reconnecting in whatever ways we can is an important part that we can play in our own lives to actually heal some of that division, right? That's actually, that's like a deep, deep knowing and belief for me. And for me, one of the ways that I have started to cultivate that relationship and deepen my connection with my landscape is by getting to know the plants and the herbs and bringing them into my body spending time with them, growing them, gardening, learning to cultivate rich soil, you know, supporting the landscape that's around us, paying attention, listening. So this is what I'm inviting you to do as well in this time when we're actually connecting specifically today with Motherwort, who is an incredible ally for our bodies and for our minds. And so we will go all into that today I seemingly had a bit of a philosophical introduction to offer you for whatever reason. That's what came through. It just feels very true for me today. Before we dive in, though, I'm going to have to do the disclaimer that I'm an herbalist. I am here to provide information and education only. Nothing that I share is medical advice whatsoever. I'm not a medical practitioner. I am an herbalist. I'm unlicensed in the United States. There's no licensure for herbalists in the U.S. I'm highly trained. I have a lot of education behind me, a lot of experience. but And so I share from that. I share from my embodied experience. I share from my deep knowing. And of course, today I did a decent amount of research because I like to, for these plant profiles and herbal spotlights, I like to get into some of the more current research and figure out what people have been exploring in clinical studies too. So I'm sharing it for your own education and your empowerment. And of course, if you've got anything specific going on, check in with a trusted healthcare provider and otherwise really listen to your own body. 
because your body is so deeply wise. Your body and your womb have so much to share with you, and it's you'll be surprised, actually, once you start tuning in how much you can receive by just listening. So now let's get into our actual herbal spotlight for the day, which is beautiful, beloved motherwort. Motherwort is the common name, at least in, in the English language. And when we think about let's start with names, right? So motherwort is the common name, and the scientific name is Leonoris cardiaca. Leonoris cardiaca. And Leonoris is actually Greek for lion's tail. So Leonoris actually relates to lion. And cardiaca, as you might imagine, relates to the cardiac system or the heart. And so actually the scientific name in this case, it's not true in every case, but in this case, the scientific name is actually very indicative of some of the qualities of the plant. And so some people consider motherwort to be lion-hearted, kind of bringing the courage or the energy of the lion's heart into a person. And I think that's a beautiful way to think about it. Another thing to consider in relationship to name is the common name, which is motherwort, right? And so I know that not everyone with a womb who births a child identifies as a mother. So if that's you and you're a parent who has a womb who birthed child, then just understanding that in the, this context, this is a historical context where the idea of mother has been associated with this plant because anyone with a womb who has birthed a babe, any parent who, who's birthed a babe, this is a wonderful plant for. And really what they're saying, honestly, this could be called womb wart. I really, really believe that mother wart could be called womb wart and that would be a totally reasonable <laughs> name for mother wart because it truly is supportive throughout all, the whole life cycle, which I mentioned before and I'll mention again, specific to those of us who have wombs and who have these life phases that we go through. So, but this is like the common name relates to motherwort because of the support, because of how much support historically motherwort has offered to folks with wombs. And then wort is another word for herb. And so like literally this translates to mother's herb, herb for mothers, right? <laughs> and that's meaningful. So a lot of times common names really are meaningful. Sometimes they just talk about what a plant looks like, but a lot of times they actually are meaningful in relationship to how they work in the body. And so this is one of those times. Another thing that's interesting is that in traditional Chinese medicine, so there's a different form of motherwort. So we're talking about the Western herbal medicine form of motherwort, which is Leonoris cardiaca. There's also a form of motherwort that's used in traditional Chinese medicine very, very similarly. There's like a lot of similar uses. And so I don't know how different somebody who's a TCM practitioner would probably have more to say about that. But in the research, the very minimal research that I did into Chinese medicine in relationship to the Chinese motherwort, which is Leonoris Jap japonicus, also known as Leonoris artemisium, I believe. That herb in TCM, the TCM name is Yimu Kao. I'm sure I said that wrong. But what that means is good for mother. Okay, so both the common name, essentially, in Chinese medicine and the common name in English in relationship to Western herbalism, the Leonoris cardiaca are saying that this herb is good for mothers. <laughs> so let's listen to that, right? It's like pretty obvious and really honoring that, understanding that, and 
recognizing that in the center, to me, a life without motherwort is a life without this deep ally that is clearly related to our wombs and that ancestrally, many of us, you know, whether we are in Central or Eastern Asia or in Europe, all over Europe and temperate climates, maybe even Northern Africa, and now all over North America, where this herb has naturalized, ancestrally, many of our lineages have been working with motherwort for thousands and thousands of years. So it's kind of a special herb, you know, to think about, to really recognize that this herb is one that we can cultivate a relationship with that connects us also to our womb lineage, to the lineage of wombs that came before us. Mm, So motherwort, in terms of plant families is in the mint family, which is the Lamiaceae family. And the mint family, if you remember to the Tulsi podcast, which I think was like episode number three or four of this podcast long ago, (laughs) um, was also in the mint family. And lots of other plants that we work with are in the mint family. Anything from lavender to rosemary to thyme, basils, all of these are in the mint family. There's a lot of mint family plants that are medicinal, actually, and really lovely plants to get to know and also very easy to grow. And of course, mint, peppermint, spearmint, and really easy to grow. And so that is actually indicative in some ways. You know, when you hear a plant is in the mint family, skullcaps also in the mint family, you'll know that those plants typically are very easy to grow to, and they often will go a little wild (laughs) in the garden, um, especially if they are hardy, which means that they are able to grow within the zone, the ecology, the ecological zone that you live in, the gardening zone that you live in. So motherwort is very easy to grow and will spread and self-seed quite easily in the garden. Sometimes can be considered a weed depending on where you live, whether it will reseed easily or not. Definitely here in the Northeast in New England, motherwort will reseed really easily. Okay, so about the plant motherwort. Now, if you're familiar with motherwort, then try to envision what motherwort looks like. If you're not familiar with motherwort, you can definitely go to the show notes page, which will be herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 32, and I will have a couple of different probably two or three photos of motherwort on that page for you so that you can actually look at motherwort. And you can either do that while you're listening to this or you can do it after. Herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 32, the number 32. And so motherwort, when you think of the plant, has opposite leaves, has a square stem and has opposite leaves on the stem, on the stalks. And those leaves are deeply lobed, and they're wider at the bottom of the plant. They're larger, deeply lobed lobed leaves at the bottom of the plant. Sometimes they have like five lobes. I don't exactly know how many lobes they have, but um, they're wider at the bottom. And then as they go up, as the plant continues to grow throughout the season and starts to create flowers and then seeds eventually – As you get up towards the top, there'll be a few less lobes, so they get a little thinner, and then they get so narrow that towards the absolute top, it's really just like they're like lance-shaped leaves. I think those are called lanceolate leaves, but they're always opposite, which means they're on either side, and they will switch on the way up. You'll get to know the plants, and it's actually a hollow stem. It's a hollow square stem, 
actually a pretty strong stem when you think about there's all different plants, right? And so this is a pretty upright, strong center stem. And I think that's one of the qualities of the plant when I think about the energy of motherwort being able to both be sort of upright and strong. And at the same time, these leaves are kind of soft. (laughs) The leaves are kind of soft and sweet feeling. And then this is the same thing with the flowers. The flowers come out and they come out in these little, I don't know what the encasings where the flowers come out are called exactly, but they come out and they're these little cute pink, whitish pink flowers, little cute like lipped flowers, just like mint flowers are. And they're tiny. I mean, this is not a very showy plant. When you look at motherwort, you're not like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Maybe some people would feel that way, but it's not one of those plants. It's not like a poppy where it's like, oh, this is such a gorgeous plant. Like I want this in my garden. Motherwort is one of those plants that you get to know over time. And we love because of what motherwort offers us energetically being with the plant. And also when we make medicine from the plant and understand our relationship with the plant, right? So back to the flowers. So the flowers are in these little encasings. The encasings are kind of sharp. They're kind of sharp. And then there's these soft, sweet little flowers that come out. And there's like a couple or a few flowers within each of these little like flower bundles, essentially, which are almost in like the elbows or the armpits of the plant where like other stalks are coming out. And then as you go up, there are more and more of them. And so towards the top of the plant. And then as the plant matures, like once the flowers are complete, then the seeds start to form and those encasings actually become even, they start to dry out and so they're even more spiky. So there's that quality of the strength and the spikiness mixed with that sweetness of, that sweet softness, almost lusciousness of those little flowers and the same thing with this stalk that's like this strong stalk, but these leaves are kind of soft and really like loving feeling, almost like you'd want to lay them on your skin. So motherwort will grow to about anywhere from like two to eight feet tall, which is a very big range, but it really just depends on where they're living and how happy they are, how rich their soil is, and how much space they have. I mean, you know, how many nutrients. So really they can grow from anywhere from two to eight feet tall. Right now I have some motherwort in a pot that is probably, and it's in a pot, so it doesn't have a ton of soil in there. And it's probably three feet tall at least. So, you know, don't be afraid to explore growing motherwort in a pot. I know that's not a very common thing to do, but I like to explore container gardening with a lot of different plants, and I have been able to grow many, many, many plants in pots. You just need to have a big enough pot for them. But with something like motherwort, even if you have a smaller plant, even if it doesn't grow as tall, like maybe it's just two feet tall, you can still harvest for medicine. And then you can expand it. You could even, you know, uh, divide it for the following season into two different pots, and then you can have two different motherwort plants. So you could even be doing this on your patio, on your balcony, on your porch, on your deck. If you don't have a lot of land, I like to really encourage people to grow plants because we have we can have so much relationship with plants even if we don't have what we would consider to be the garden space for them. And motherwort is one of those plants that, my gosh, I just really feel like all of us can be cultivating more of a relationship with. So easy to start from seed. It's also just really easy to grow. So easy to start from seed, reseeds freely, spreads easily 
does well in well-drained, slightly alkaline soil. So that that's like garden vegetable soil. It's pretty happy in just like garden vegetable soil. It also loves rich soil, compost, is a super resilient plant, like I said. <laughs> it's growing in a pot. And honestly, like it's gotten dried out and it's gotten a lot of rain. It's had all different kind of environments this summer. And I've grown motherwort many times over the course of many years. When we were in California, I also grew motherwort, grew super well, reseeded well there. And we were in the Sierra foothills. It was very dry. But of course, I watered. I watered almost every day out there because you have to water because there's no water for like six. There's no rain at all for like six or eight months, depending on the year. So, but it did, it did grow really well there. And I did do, so you want to, depending on where you live, if you're in a place where it's a cooler climate, motherwort does great in full sun. If you're in a warmer climate, climate or like a hot climate, motherwort would love to have a little bit of afternoon shade. And so where I grew motherwort in California, and I think it was pretty happy. It had a lot of morning sun and then it had some afternoon shade. And that's how like most of my medicinals were out there. It was just that's sort of a lot of medicinals do like that if you're in a really hot climate. But motherwort will grow from zone three to eight. That's a really wide range. And so motherwort really has a lot of capacity to grow in many, many different places and to come back perennially is a short-lived perennial. And so will grow, I don't know, three to five years and then... Uh, but because it reseeds so easily and because it spreads so easily, you don't even really notice that a plant is no longer there. And so I didn't even know it was a short-lived perennial until I researched it before this podcast. I've always just seen them grow back over and over again. Okay, so that is about what I want to say about the plant motherwort. Now, if you can think of the plant, if you know the plant, if you can go out and be with the plant, sit with the plant touch the plant, draw the plant. Like those are great ways to start to get to know a plant is actually to, like I said, in the plant ally podcast, there's so, so many ways to connect with a plant, but to really start taste the plant, you know, ask if you can harvest a leaf. Like I literally just had, I stopped the recording and I had my partner just go out and grab me <laughs> a motherwort leaf so that I could taste a leaf. And I'm tasting it inside my body right now. I'm taking in the medicine of motherwort so that I can bring the energy of motherwort even more fully to you. I have a very strong, bitter taste in my mouth. So now let's get to the energetics of motherwort. <laughs> motherwort is actually a quite bitter plant. Sometimes when I see people putting it into tea blends, I'm like, have you tasted motherwort? I mean, if somebody's just going to drink a motherwort tea on its own, it depends on the person. Some people like bitter, and so that can work for them, but it's a pretty bitter plant. It is not a tasty plant. Most people love to have motherwort in a tincture form or an elixir or a honey or some other way, a vinegar, some other way of a glycerin even potentially. I mean, I really like motherwort as a tincture. That's my preferred method. Absolutely. I don't have any question on that. Almost always, I will I will work with motherwort as a tincture if I'm working with it in formulas for somebody else or for myself. Um, I think it's a wonderful tincture. But some people do put it into tea blends, and I'm like, really? Like, do you know what that's going to taste like? <laughs> so, you know, definitely try it yourself. Of course, it's a wonderful bitter, though, especially if you're seeking some calming of anxiety or stress or tension at the same time as desiring a bitter for digestive secretions or just to support, you know, easing of nausea or some reason that you might be working with a bitter. And it's a pretty straight bitter, you know, so, and it's a little, and 
you know, otherwise energetically, it's also cooling and drying because bitters are cooling and drying. And so if you do tend towards being really dry, especially if you're working with motherwort on the long term, which typically we're, you, we're working with motherwort more acutely or just for a shorter period of time, a few days, maybe a few weeks, it's not typically like that drying. But if you're concerned about that at all, you can always add in demulsants, of course, always. Like I've shared before, marshmallow is a wonderful example of that. But any demulsants that you prefer could be used here. And... Yeah, and to make a tincture of motherwort, I'll just say that we're specifically going for the leaves and the early, earliest flowering parts. So when the plant is starting to go into flower and the whole plant is looking nice and green and vibrant and there's the little cute pink flowers, then you can you can harvest some motherwort. And honestly, the leaves are still medicinal I mean, I'm sitting here, this is way past flower, the motherwort leaf that I just had, that I just took into my body. Way past flower, it's already seeding. Maybe there's a few flowers there, but mostly it's going to seed. And the leaf itself is still quite bitter, and I'm experiencing a bit of a sedating, kind of that relaxing, nerving quality. And so absolutely still effective later. But more so, you would just be harvesting the leaves at that point if you were harvesting later. But for, like, best potency, you're going to do that early flowering, kind of like whenever that happens in your season. It might be early summer. It might be midsummer. It just depends on where you live and how the plant is flowering. Okay, so let's get into some of the historical uses of motherworts. When I'm talking about historical uses, I mean the uses that have been documented in books and or and or through oral traditions over the course of hundreds or thousands of years. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about historical stuff. And so historically, motherwort has been described as, in quotes, dispelling melancholy from the heart or calming the trembling of the heart. So when we think about that, I mean, really thinking like dispelling melancholy from the heart, that's like, that sounds like if there's grieving, if there's heaviness, if there's a little bit very mild kind of mood depression challenges, that kind of thing, motherwort might be supportive. And then calming trembling of the heart, that could be could we consider that to be anxiety? Could we consider that to be panic attacks? Could we consider that to be palpitations? Those are all things that are now very modern uses of motherwort. And so it's interesting to hear the way that historically people talked about it. Also, motherwort was used to support childbirth and bringing on menstruation, both ways that motherwort is still used. And was considered to be a strong blood and uterine stimulant that calms the nerves and protects the heart, right? So like plants, I mean, if you listen to this podcast and this is not your first time, you probably already know. <laughs> but I was actually at a gathering yesterday. I was talking to a new friend who I was just sharing like plants have so many different qualities, you know, plants are not just for this or for that. Plants are not drugs. We've talked about this before. Plants are like, they're so multi-systemic in their actions because they have so many different constituents. They're not just like an isolated constituent, you know? I think motherwort has actually, I think they've found over 270 
different constituents inside motherwort, the plant, right? So whole plant medicine actually has so many different elements that are all coming together to produce certain effects, right? I mean, just from being a plant, it's not like they're like made for us as humans, but over the course of hundreds and thousands of years, we have been working with them in our body and they have activity in our body. They have physiologic activity in our body and that some of it is not explainable. You know, some of it is absolutely explainable in science and we'll get into some clinical studies in a bit, but some of it is not explainable. Some of it is just like, this is what happens. And so we know this because we've seen it occur over time. Anyway, I love the combination when we really think about a plant that like, oh, this person is anxious and this person also tends toward painful menstrual cramps and tend to- tends towards a little bit of a maybe feeling like their period or their moon is going to come and it's like not there yet and it feels a little delayed and it's like that is the perfect person. They have tension, premenstrual tension, and you know they might have cramps. Like that is the perfect person for motherwort, right? It's like really starting to understand that there are different elements and different qualities and different actions. And how do we match a person with a plant and a plant with a person? It's like really paying attention to all the different, all the different elements that are in play at the same time. Okay, back to historical uses. So motherwort was also historically used as a cardiotonic, so that means like a heart tonic and cardiovascular system tonic, and for treating all kinds of gynecologic afflictions, afflictions being one of those historical words, but literally like tons of things going on throughout the life cycle, which motherwort is still really effective for, has been used in North America since pre-colonial times because, of course, people, the settlers came over and they brought motherwort with them and now has naturalized into North America, has been used as an antispasmodic, so like decreasing spasms, especially uterine, as a nerving, as a relaxing nerving, also was used for hyperthyroid symptoms. So actually the hyperfunctioning of the thyroid. So some of those symptoms might be like intense heat, fast metabolism, and palpitations, especially the palpitations is where motherwort comes and the anxiety that can come along with that. A hyperactive thyroid is like a quickening of the system and so can definitely cause things like uh, palpitations and anxiety. And so Motherwort is very, very, very specific for that. Now, motherwort actually doesn't have an effect on the thyroid itself, as they've found that it doesn't really have an effect. It just has an effect on those symptoms. So it's very unlikely that it would interact with thyroid medications or be an issue with low thyroid levels. Um, it's very unlikely that it would have any kind of challenge with that because it's really working more on the nervous system to decrease and the cardiovascular system to decrease the symptoms and not actually impact the thyroid itself. But if you're if you've got some thyroid stuff going on, you just want to listen to your own body, try things in your own body, see how it feels, and check in with your own health provider as needed. Another really different, interesting note of historical use is actually in ancient China, where the courtesans, who I believe were like sex workers for wealthy people, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what courtesans were, and they would drink motherwort tea daily to prevent pregnancy. This was like historical use. Now, this was the Chinese motherwort, so maybe there's an even stronger, stronger uterine action 
Imenagog action would be the part that would help Menses come on. But Western motherwort, Leonorus cardiaca, motherwort that we're talking about, also I consider to be a lovely Imenagog. Not the strongest amenagogue, not like an aborta fashion type of thing, but something that can really help us to bring our menstruation on when we're working with it on a daily basis specifically. So that's really interesting that in ancient China, they would drink motherwort tea daily to prevent pregnancy. And a Chinese legend says that there was a sage who drank motherwort daily and lived to be 300 years old. Like what? I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, to consider, I would never have considered motherwort to be like a longevity tonic. It doesn't feel like that kind of herb. But I do think, I mean, when we think about the state of our nervous system and how that impacts and the state of our digestive system, so bitters, also the nervous system, how this is a relaxing herb and the support for the cardiovascular system, which is obviously a very important part of our bodies, of our body function. Maybe it really is. Maybe it really does have a lot of support for our longevity and our overall health. So motherwort was really an important herb in ancient China, which is kind of cool. Okay, so modern ways that we work with motherwort and the actions. Let's start with actions, right? So in modern herbalism, Western herbalism, we think of motherwort as, like I said before, an amenagogue, which will bring on menstruation, a delayed period or moon time, however you like to call it, is a nervine sedative. So nervines just mean that they work on the nervous system. Nervine sedative is a calming nervine and so calms down anxiety, calms down stress, calm, can be calming for stress, can be calming for tension, that sort of thing. Anxiolytic and that means that it quells anxiety. Uterine antispasmodic, which means that it can calm the spasms of the uterus. A bitter, I've already talked enough about that, <laughs> I think we know, can support digestive secretions, a little bit of a nervous system support, and just generally amazing for our livers and our gallbladders and just getting the secretions coming out. Hepatic, so actually motherwort is considered to be a hepatic supporting, which means supporting the liver function. Cardiotonic, so actually a tonic for cardiovascular and heart function. Hypotensive, so decreasing uh, blood pressure. Uterine tonic, so just a tonic in general for our uterus. So motherwort is considered, and you probably remember from the uterine tonic podcast, which I can link to in the show notes in the description, Motherwort was one of the plants that I talked about as a uterine tonic. Parturient, which means that it will help prepare the uterus for birth. Now, I personally think that a person should be a midwife <laughs> or a doctor or an OBGYN or you know a nurse midwife, somebody who is caretaking, who is the care provider for a pregnant person in order to actually suggest working with motherwort in this way. But, you know, if there's a threat of an induction, if you're getting towards the end, this is an option, right? And so motherwort has been used at times as a parturient, supporting the body to be ready, more ready for labor and birth. A diuretic, it's not terribly strong as a diuretic, but can help move fluids through the kidney. Antioxidant, actually, there's been a decent amount of studies showing that there's some strong antioxidant qualities to motherwort, I would say that you probably get the most of those from actually the tea or the vinegar. I bet you would get more more from. That's just a guess. I actually, that's just my my personal thought. 
on it, or if you're just eating the leaves like I just did. (laughs) And cardioprotective, so actually protecting our heart function, protecting our heart function and protecting our cardiovascular system. So those are the actions that are commonly associated with mother wort right now in modern times. So when then would we be working with and using motherwort? When would we be adding motherwort into our formulas or into our lives? So emotionally, I think motherwort is just amazing for anybody who has the need of the feeling of mothering, right? So like that feeling of maybe feeling like you need the support and the nurturing and the calming and the sweetness of of a mother, especially if you're having agitation, if you're having like moodiness, if you're having a, like mild depression and like weepiness, if you're having emotional outbursts, that sort of thing, like feeling overworked, feeling underappreciated, feeling like you're like on an edge. Motherwork can bring like this strength and this calm, like a real strength and calm through emotional roller coaster feelings. Yeah, so motherwork's just really lovely in that way. And then motherwort can be worked with as a cardiac tonic, like I mentioned before. So in terms of cardiovascular effects that motherwort has. So yes, okay, lion-hearted. So this even more emotionally, this is another emotional thing, kind of bringing the courage and strengthening for the heart, which can be wonderful in times of grief as well or times where you just need to kind of like bring up your courage to face something that is hard. But it's also calming for the heart, very calming for the heart. So for things like tachycardia, so that is a high heart rate. I know all about this. <laughs> it's something that I live with. But tachycardia is means that the heart rate is above 100 at rest, right? And so that's sitting or that's laying down. The heart rate is above 100. That typically means Sometimes that's from anxiety, and actually that's when motherwort is best here, is if it's tachycardia or palpitations that are from anxiety or stress, then motherwort can be wonderful here. It is not an effective herb in serious cardiac conditions or in heart disease, so absolutely, obviously you want to go to, if you've got something serious going on, you go to a ER, <laughs> or you check out your, you can go to your doctor and get a, get to a cardiologist. Like motherwort is definitely not going to be like a heal all plant for the cardiovascular system. There are other plants that are more effective and more specific, but motherwort is just a general calming, especially for things where there's like a hyperactive heart. And motherwort may be helpful in hypertension, which is high blood pressure. It really depends on the person and definitely would need to be added to other plants as well in a formula, but motherwort has that potential. Also can prevent platelet agglutination, so actually can decrease clotting. So if someone is more prone to clotting, that can be helpful. Um... And that's also why you want to be careful if you're on a blood thinner or if you might be on a blood thinner or if you're having surgery, you know, like it's not the strongest in that way, but it does have like the studies have shown that it has some of that potential. A lot of plants do, honestly. Can be taken regularly just to support cardiac function and just overall cardiac health. Palpitate If there's like consistent palpitations, any kind of heart conditions can combine well with Hawthorne in that way, just kind of as this general support. Again, like we mentioned before, because Hawthorne, I'm sorry, not Hawthorne, because motherwort is bitter and a bit cooling and drying, then you might want to add in some moistening herbs in order to counteract that if you're taking it long term. 
But motherwort's just like this wonderful plant that, gosh, it's not like I wouldn't say it's a tonic plant. I mean, some people you, people call it a cardiac tonic, but I wouldn't say it's like a tonic plant or a nourishing herb or nur- it's definitely not a nourishing infusion or anything, but it is one of those plants that's actually like gentle but strong. It has this ability to be acutely active and also support us over the long term, depending on how we're working with it. Okay, so then for anxiety and mood support, motherwort's pretty amazing, <laughs> honestly. I mean, for me, I love mother- even just a few drops. It depends on the person. Some people need larger doses, but even just a few drops of motherwort or one motherwort leaf can be really supportive for anxiety, for stress, for irritability. There can even be – you can make a combo – like a nice formula, tincture formula with like motherwort and blue vervain and milky oats and tulsi. That would be beautiful for anxiety or stress over the long term or just occasionally as needed, honestly. And then can also be supportive potentially for anxiety and panic attacks, especially if they manifest in the heart. If they feel like that heart attack, they feel there's there's like little pains in the heart. Of course, if you ever have heart pain, you want to just go get checked out. It's important, all right? Like there's a lot of people who have wombs, a lot of women and people with wombs who are underdiagnosed for things like heart attacks. And especially as we get older, the risk gets higher. So definitely go get checked out. There's no reason not to. And if it turns out to be a panic attack, that's totally a thing that happens and motherwort might be supportive. Or you could always bring motherwort with you to the ER. Okay. So, but generally, if you know that you're kind of prone to that anxiety attack thing, then check it, see if motherwort supports you. It's not helpful for everyone. I mean, honestly, like for some people, panic attacks and anxiety attacks can be pretty, pretty intense and motherwort's not going to be everything that you need, but might be an ally for you. So you can check it out. Okay. And then hyperthyroid, like I said before, specific for the effects of hyperthyroidism, just the effects. It's not acting on the thyroid itself. It's really just the effects of the palpitations, the tachycardia, the anxiety that can come along with hyperthyroidism. That's where mother work can really be supportive. You definitely need to, I mean, you'd want to work with a practitioner, of course, because that's a pretty serious condition. And also, you know, there are other herbs that might be helpful, but honestly, it's helpful to go see a practitioner if you've got hyperthyroid symptoms going on. Okay, and now let's get into how motherwort is really an herb for all the seasons of our life with a womb. To me, this is where motherwort shines. I mean, truly shines in relation to our womb care. And so let's think through this. In our teen years, motherwort is an amazing bitter, right? It's a bitter that supports our livers. And a lot of times in our teen years, we've got this like influx of hormones and our bodies are trying to work through it. And we're just like moody and we're anxious and we're depressed and we're having the mood swings, agitation, irritability. Plus, we've probably got acne. (laughs) So any kind of bitters are going to be helpful in relation to that. And something like motherwort, which also has an anti-anxiety, like an anxiolytic potential, a calming of the stress and calming of the anxiety response can be really helpful here. Also antispasmodic. So if there's any kinds of menstrual cramping can be really helpful as well. I just think, gosh, motherwort for... All the times of transition, really like any time of transition. So whether that is like in our teen years, in our cycling years, when we're transitioning into bleeding, like on that path, whether it's premenstrually or menstrually, when we're transitioning into becoming a mother or a parent after birth, 
postpartum or when we're transitioning into menopause. So perimenopause, like all of those times, motherwort is amazing for us, like having our mother with us, our like beautiful plant mother, right? A plant mother. So during our cycling years, premenstrually and during menstruation. So it can be helpful for menstrual headaches potentially, for PMS. You know what I did not mention in the actions is that motherwort is also considered to be a little bit of what's called an anodyne or like a little bit analgesic, slightly pain relieving. So like there's a slight pain relief. So something like a menstrual headache might be helpful both for the liver support there and like the digestive support, but also a little bit of that anti-inflammatory quality. It depends on where the headache is coming from, but there you go. So menstrual headache, all kinds of PMS, whether that's like irritability, mood swings, tension, delayed menses, you know, all of that kind of bloating that can happen where you're like wanting, you're knowing that your cycle is going to come soon or your moon is going to come soon and it hasn't yet, especially if there's tenseness or agitation or anxiety involved in that. So any of that, motherwork can be wonderful for. Also, if you are just like haven't had your, you haven't menstruated in a while and you want to try kind of bringing on your blood, it can be Helpful. I would also want to add in, I would want, if you, if you really have had irregular cycles to an extent where you're having like really long gaps in between cycles, working with a practitioner can be really helpful because they can help you sort through the different symptoms. But just to know that motherwort has been used over time in this way to bring on the blood. Also, if there's pain in the pelvic or lumbar region, of course, that's premenstrually or menstrually, and specific for heavy, draggy cramps. So if there's like a heaviness, a dragging feeling with dark or scanty flow, if it's like in that early, the early cramps that are coming out and there's not a ton of flow coming out yet. Also, there's some potential for motherwort to be supportive with endometriosis. I think that is very subjective and depends on the person on whether or not motherwort makes sense. Um, you know, motherwort does have a little bit of anti-inflammatory potential and some pain relief and can help the blood move and antispasmodic. So if you have like, it would certainly be a good part of a formula, though a lot of times with endometriosis, it's such extreme pain, you're going to want to have more herbs involved in that too. And then an interesting thing is that Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, often combines the Chinese motherwort with dung guai, which you can learn about in the Uterine Tonics podcast as well, for what they call menstrual regulation, which basically means bringing on the blood, right? Because dung guai really has that quality too. So you could totally do that with Western mugwort, I'm sorry, motherwort as well with Lenoris cardiaca. And dung guai could be a nice combination if you have delayed menses and you're trying to bring on the blood. One thing that I did want to mention that is so amazing about motherwort is that it is what's called amphoteric in its ability to work on the uterus because it both – and so amphoteric means that it will bring up or down something. And so – it's both stimulating on the uterus and sedating, right? So it's got that antispasmodic quality and it can bring the blood on, which is part of why it's considered to be a uterine tonic. Okay, and so for childbearing years – I would say that the ways that I would want to work with motherwort are actually during the birth would be amazing. If there was a need for supporting contractions or even 
calming, like that anti-anxiety or calming stress and helping the contractions to work more effectively. Mother work can be supportive here. Of course, this is going to be like a midwife or somebody who's working at the birth, or you can ask your midwife about it. You can bring your mother wart and ask your midwife about it if you want to, but can help to support the contractions and just facilitate the birth. Otherwise, mother wart is contraindicated in pregnancy. I would not be working with it in pregnancy because it has the potential to bring on blood because it has a, as an amenagogue. You just want to avoid herbs like that. In my mind, that's that would be true. And then postpartum, oh my gosh. So immediately postpartum can be very helpful actually for helping the placenta come out. Now, this is not like you're going to have a uh, midwife (laughs) doing this work. You're not going to be the one figuring this out, but can be potentially helpful. There are other herbs that can also be helpful in that way. Also can be helpful for after pains, right? So I believe Liz Philbrick, who talked about immediate, which I will... um, linked that podcast which talked about in the immediate postpartum care with herbs like the herbal way she talked about motherwort as a potential for after pain so after pains are the uterus contracting after the birth to come back what's called involution come back into its pre-pregnancy size and so sometimes those are really painful so motherwort is very specific here it's one of the first herbs that i ever learned about for that also for postpartum blues and anxiety and just that like mood swinging, that like hormonal craziness that happens right after the birth and in those first days and weeks, motherwort can be a real ally there. So really considering motherwort for those times. I've worked with people postpartum multiple times with motherwort and just seems to be supportive, right? It's just like adding that mothering quality, adding that nurturing and also adding adding that like calming of the system and supporting of our uterus, right? Like the whole body, like calming the womb and the mind, really bringing ourselves to the ground, allowing ourselves to open to this new experience. And also, interestingly, it seems like motherwort might be able to improve letdown. So if you've got that experience of your boobs, your breasts, or your chest being totally full and achy, and you're just ready to have the milk come in, that can be helpful too. So, and then we've got menopause, right? So perimenopause. Perimenopause is the time which can be anywhere from months to 10 years of change, that transition time that happens before full menopause. And so there's so many ways that mother work can be supportive for mood swings, for insomnia, for irritability, for hot flashes, especially if there's nervous tension as a trigger, and especially if there's palpitations alongside mother work can be great here and especially in a formula you want to add other herbs in too because there's often other things going on but mother work can be supportive there as well and then post-menopause for anxiety of course if there's insomnia these are things that can happen often as we get into our elder years or our older or wisdom years and then cardiovascular support so actually post-menopause we our risks of cardiovascular events, those of us with wombs, go up pretty significantly. And so so continuing to support our cardiovascular systems with something like motherwort can be really helpful. So yes, obviously, I believe that motherwort is an ally for us throughout every cycle of our womb experience. And there, now you know why. Okay, so I do want to get into some of the recent clinical research. I'm just going to try to go through this fairly quickly. But I also always think it's interesting to learn about what people are checking out clinically from a 
research perspective, really understanding where what has been shown in the research, because that just adds on a layer of confidence that we can have. Or if we're talking to a healthcare practitioner or a doctor, we can bring studies with us to share like, oh, wow, look at this. Motherwort actually has the potential to be supportive in these ways. Okay, so motherwort has been shown to be sedative and hypotensive. Actually, the activities of motherwort probably based on a couple of different alkaloids, leonorine and stachydrine, which mildly dilate the blood vessels. So that's mildly dilating the blood vessels, which has a relaxing effect and also has a relaxing effect on smooth muscles which can decrease blood pressure, right? And so potentially can be helpful in this way, especially if there's like tension in the vessels. And so everybody's a little different in why things might be happening in their bodies, but could be helpful. And I would definitely want to include other herbs in a formula if I was specifically considering it for hypotension or hypertension, trying to decrease blood pressure. Also has been shown to decrease blood clotting. So an extract of Leonorus cardiaca significantly reduced platelet aggregation in the presence of erichidonic acid, which is actually something that causes inflammation. So that's kind of interesting. And then has been shown to be anti-inflammatory in other ways, specifically leonorine. So You know, like I was saying before, when they extract the and isolate these constituents, we don't really know if they will transfer into whole plant extracts, but just understanding that some of the components, some of the constituents, some of the phytochemicals, the plant chemicals that are inside this plant can do certain things, can help us to be like, okay, well, that is potentially an action that this plant offers, right? So Leonorine was shown in acute gouty arthritis in rat models to decrease inflammation, was also shown to decrease inflammation in mastitis in mice. Now, the way that they create this in mice and rats is really sad to think about. So I understand if you don't even want to hear about animal studies, but but they can really be helpful in us understanding how things work in our bodies too. And one other area where this anti-inflammatory quality was found is actually the potential of leonorine decreasing the inflammatory response in endometritis in mice. And so endometritis is actually the inflammation of the endometrium, which is inside the uterus, that inner lining of the uterus. And so That's interesting, right? Like, so if there's inflammation there, whether that's in relation to something like endometriosis or that's in in relation to pelvic inflammatory disease or other uterine infections, it kind of makes sense that, oh, there's like a decrease in inflammation alongside a potential antispasmodic activity. And so that might be how some of that action is happening. Okay, now for cardiovascular support, there's been, they've been, showing that there is cardioprotective potential of something called ursolic acid, which is one of the constituents inside of motherwort. They've also found that it can actually be applied as an anti-anginal or anti-arrhythmic agent. And so anti-angina is that pain that can happen in the heart. Ideally, this is stable angina, which means that it's something where you're not needing to go to the hospital. It's not acute. It's not causing – it's not like a heart attack in the moment. But stable angina or 
And arrhythmias are when there is a abnormality, irregularity of the heart rhythm, and specifically tachycardia, right? Like, so higher heart rates. And then in another study that was actually a human study, there were 50 patients that were treated with Leonoris cardiaca motherwort extract every day for 28 days. And they actually found decrease in blood pressure, heart rate, and better ECG results for people who had both one stages one and two arterial hypertension. And they also found an improvement in things like anxiety, emotional lability, headaches, and sleep disorders, which is basically just proving what we already knew, (laughs) but in a study. Okay, and so motherwort was also found to be antioxidant, which is cool, and they found better antioxidant effects in the infusion, right? So that's going to be a tea, a tea that is steeped for maybe 15 to 25 minutes. I'm not exactly sure what they used in this study compared to the tincture. I don't know how many people are actually, I mean, there's so many things that have antioxidants. I don't know if actually we're thinking about like adding motherwort into our teas for antioxidants. There's plenty of other things that we can be adding in, but just to know that is cool. Analgesics, so they have actually found that a alcoholic extract from the aerial parts of motherwort was evaluated as a potential analgesic and was somewhat mildly effective. It's not a strong pain reliever, but it does have the potential to offer a little bit of that. So you'd want to add other herbs into it for that reason. And then anxiolytic. So obviously, before I mentioned, they had some better results. The people with the blood pressure had some better results. But they also found that the tincture or oil extract of motherwort was confirmed to reduce anxiety and stabilize emotional states at a moderate level. So, I mean, it's not like the strongest herb and it's going to just sedate people, but it can be supportive for some people. For some people, it's really wonderful. For me, it's really, really wonderful in that way. Okay, and then uterotonic activity, like they actually found this in studies. (laughs) Now, it was the Leonorin, which was isolated. Leonorin is in Leonoris cardiaca motherwort, that Western motherwort, but it was isolated from Chinese motherwort. And they showed that it stimulated muscles from isolated mice uteruses, significantly increased the strength and frequency of contractions. They also found in a parallel trial that Leonorin, the exact same constituent, caused relaxation of the rat portal vein, which had the effect of the uterus shrinking and and can justify the use of Leonoris cardiaca or Leonor, the Chinese mother, motherwort to facilitate the placenta expulsion and the involution of the uterus postpartum. So it's pretty neat that they actually found that in a study. Um, They also considered that to be justifying a use of the extract of motherwort and dysmenorrhea as if we needed to figure this out through a clinical study. But both leonorine and stachadrine, which are the alkaloids, at least two of the alkaloids that they have found in motherwort, can stimulate uterine contractions. So kind of cool. And in terms of cautions, just things to be aware of. Like I said before, not to be used in pregnancy and also don't take when bleeding is heavy, right? Because it can actually potentially increase bleeding. So if you've got like really, if you've got menstrual flooding happening or if you're somebody who has a really heavy cycle, like a really heavy moon time or period, then you can stay away from it. You could also, you could definitely work with it premenstrually if you want to, but then stay away from it while you're bleeding. And it can be drying, right? So, of course, I mentioned that before. Herb-drug interactions, none are really expected, honestly, but you can be careful with blood-thinning meds or 
adding to anything like a blood pressure med or a sedative med, you want to be careful because it could have an additive effect. But motherwort's not like that strong of an herb, so you don't have to be super concerned. And there aren't any examples of herb-drug interactions in the literature. So my friends, we have made it. We have made it to the end of the motherwort herbal spotlight. As you can tell, motherwort is such a beautiful plant that has so much potential for us to incorporate into our lives for many, many, many reasons in so many systems of our body, but especially if we've got wombs, motherwort is an incredible ally for us. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you've learned a lot, that you've received something new. I really encourage you to go out and connect with some motherwort if you have some around you to if you don't, then, you know, grab a tincture, get a, get an herb farm tincture. Or if you have a local herbalist who is selling tinctures, then definitely feel free. Or if you've got like a local, local herb garden, you can go hang out with some motherwort. Or if you want to, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you want to grow motherwort this year, then you can certainly explore getting some seeds and grow some motherwort this year. Or if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and it's coming close to fall, then consider for next year grabbing some seeds and growing some motherwort. I just... Really highly recommend growing a relationship with this plant over time, you know, feeling into it in yourself. We all go through phases with plants. Like, I mean, motherwort has been a favorite of mine for a long time, like over 10 years, probably because I was in the world of birth work and especially postpartum, motherwort can be so helpful. But then I started working with motherwort in my own body and I'm like, wow, motherwort is just like so help, uh, so incredible, for, especially for when we're feeling a little bit of anxiety, when we're feeling a little bit of stress, when we just need some calm and a little bit of bitter. Just so good. So, so good. Okay, so that's all for today. If you loved this episode and you feel like you have anyone in your life who would benefit from hearing it, anyone with a womb perhaps, <laughs> Then feel free to share this with them. Share it with them in a DM, in a text message, or if you'd like to share it publicly on social media, especially if you're on Instagram, then tag me at Herbal Womb Wisdom. I just love to see what your biggest takeaways were, what you're especially inspired by, if there's something new that you learned, if you're just like really juiced on this podcast, if you're just excited to share about motherwort, you know, any of that just always feels amazing to see and to feel like we're creating this community together where we're sharing plant wisdom with each other, you know? We're sharing the beauty and the magic and the incredible medicine that these plants offer to ourselves in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us, right? Because let's not hoard this information. This information is for everybody. Okay, so please feel free to share. And you can always share with me in a DM too. I always welcome you sharing if you had a specific, you know, insight that came up or just something you want to share like about your appreciation. I love to see that and hear that. And of course, you can always go and rate the podcast. I would love for that to happen. If you haven't yet rated the podcast, of course, I would love five stars if you can or if you feel it. <laughs> And also, I love to see your comments there, too. I love to see what this podcast is bringing you in your life. If you'd like to share that, if you haven't yet rated it or reviewed it, feel free to go do that. Okay, friends. Well, I am so grateful for you. I really, really cherish this time together. It's an incredible honor to be here with you and to talk about plants and our bodies and connection to the earth and just growing this world that hopefully we can all believe in more and more in a time that really we all need a little bit more hope and a little bit more possibility, feeling a possibility and presence and connection. 
and just potential, right? So it's really an honor to be here with you and I look forward to next week. Until next time, live well, connect deeply and have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you.